the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Hello, everybody. It is 6.05 on a Friday evening, August the 5th. Here I am at my desk in Manhattan in New York City. I am the only person left in my law firm, which is understandable on a Friday night in August. Um, you know, when Matt Borzy does my little introduction, he tells says I'm going to tell tales from within the courtroom. Well, I'm certainly going to do that today. Um, usually right before I go on the air with you guys, I scroll through my phone and I look at all of the, um, I look at all of the, uh, the headlines to see, make sure there's anything I need to be reporting or anything that just took place. And, um, sadly for me, um, and for others, when I, Scrolled through the headlines just moments ago. The lead story in the Daily News and the New York Post and and elsewhere, 1010 Winds and CBS TV and radio uh, is a, a, a case of mine <clears throat> that's uh, the lead story. And uh, it's a lead story for um, unhappy reasons. I mentioned to you guys on, uh, I think it was Tuesday, that I've been working on a big case, and I've been working on a big case, and today was going to be the first appearance, and I was going to speak about it anyway today, just to tell you what case I was working on, and then it had a a tragedy, was now coupled with another tragedy, and um, it, it has definitely affected me. Um, you know, everyone wants to be a tough guy, but uh, maybe the reason why I'm a little good at what I do is because I care so much. So let me give you a little background. Um, in May, a uh, Chinese food delivery man who was Asian uh, was on his scooter and he was shot in the chest and left on the street uh, where he died in Queens, New York. And obviously that is very sad and that's a tragedy in and of itself. Uh, allegedly, that was tied to an incident that took place six months earlier uh, in the same restaurant where this delivery man was delivering food from, and uh, there was a dispute over an order. Now, the newspapers and the media have spoken about duck sauce, duck sauce, duck sauce. Um, I must admit I've gone through some of the evidence, but not all of it. 
because this case is relatively new. It's definitely relatively new to me. It's about a month old. We've had it now. But I haven't seen any indication that there was any dispute over duck sauce. But I have seen that it's a great way to grab a headline. Um, Basically, what happened, according to my investigation, was that in November, um, my client, Glenn, Glenn Hirsch, uh, went into a Chinese food place that he has gone to before. I believe it's called the Great Wall. And uh, he ordered food. I believe he ordered fried dumplings and wonton soup and an egg roll. And he went in, he ordered it, and he left, and he went to his car and said, I'll be right back, you know, when the food is ready. He went back in shortly thereafter. He paid a relatively small amount of money for those three things. He took a look at the bag. It looked like the order was right. And he went back to his car. And he was going to eat the food in his car. This was after he had dropped his wife off at work uh, earlier that evening, you know, shortly before that evening. And when he opened up the bag, he opened up the dumplings, and they were not fried dumplings. They were steamed dumplings. Not the end of the world. When he pulled out the soup, it wasn't wonton soup. It was hot and sour soup. And then when he looked for the egg rolls, there was no egg rolls there. So clearly... There was a mistake in the order that he received. They just gave him someone else's order. So he went immediately back in without having touched any of the food and said, excuse me, you gave me the wrong order. And the owner, having nothing to do with the person who died months later, the owner said, no, I can't take your food back because it's COVID and you've already touched the food and taken it out and I can't can't exchange it. I can't fix this. And he said, what are you talking about? Number one, I didn't touch it. I just opened the top. And number two, you gave me the wrong order. I ordered fried. You gave me steamed. I ordered uh, wonton. You gave me hot and sour. You just gave me the wrong order. Just fix the order and give this to whomever ordered this because I didn't order this. Someone else must have ordered this. And a, uh, a dispute arose to the point where Glenn Hirsch, my client, calls 911. He calls the police. Now, you know, you may say that that's a little overreaction. Just... Cut your losses, eat, eat the whatever it is, $8, $12 you spent and go somewhere else. But Glenn called 911. The police came. There is a police report um, where, again, Glenn Hirsch is the one who he called. He called 911. He said, I'm getting being ripped off here. And I think the police officer's response was, you know, like, Sir, what do you want us to do? I mean, you want us to arrest him on on you know, theft of services? Uh, go to small claims court. There's nothing we can do. And that was the end of it. Glenn Hirsch never went back to that restaurant. And um, that was November of 2021. Fast forward of May of 2022. And not the person who Glenn Hirsch had the altercation with. But the delivery person from that restaurant um, was the person who was killed. Mr. Yan, I believe it is. And um, that's a tragedy. So the investigation unfolds and they look back at, well, who, why was someone killing this delivery man? And I, I do know from some initial looking at the evidence that... There were initial reports that it was a road rage incident. The delivery person was on a, um, 
you know, one of those mopeds, electric bikes, whatever they're driving these days. And I believe the first 911 call came in that it was a road rage incident. Um, there were also theories that the gunshot was meant for someone else and that this was the deceased got hit with a stray bullet. But the investigation eventually led to the arrest of Glenn Hirsch. And it became this this duck sauce narrative. I don't know where the duck sauce narrative came from. Um, Glenn had claims that this had nothing to do with duck sauce. Glenn said, meaning the initial incident within the the, the restaurant. And um, I will tell you this. I mean, I, I, I guess at this point I'm, I'm going to violate attorney-client privilege. He he was very very insistent on his innocence from the moment he walked into our office till when I spoke to him the day before yesterday into the note that he left behind uh, because he did leave a note behind. So what happens is this. Uh, Mr. Hirsch came and saw us less than a month ago. I was in what I call a beauty pageant. So he went to go see three lawyers. He wanted to keep his current lawyer, the person who he retained to uh, get him out on bail, which he was out on $500,000 bail with an ankle bracelet that was monitored. He was allowed out, I believe it was one hour a day to go grocery shopping or get some fresh air. Um, He was allowed out with permission to come to his lawyer's office. So I was in a beauty pageant. He wanted to keep Michael Horn, who's an excellent lawyer. He's been in Brooklyn. He's now he's kind of known, very well known in Queens. He's known for his trial skills. Um, but he wanted to bring some, some more people onto the team. So he met with myself and my team and two or three other lawyers. And, um, he retained our firm and, um, we were going to, you know, start fighting the case. And we, we did a deep dive in the evidence that we had had at that point, which was comprised of some videos. There were, as far as we were known, there were no eyewitnesses, there's no confession, there's no ballistics evidence that matches him to the crime. Um, there's no video of, of our client, of, of Glenn Hirsch, killing anyone. And Glenn Hirsch said that this is absolutely ridiculous to have um, a theory that one human being would kill another human being over duck sauce or Chinese food order or anything like that. So um, we're supposed to go to court today, and um, we're going to take a quick little break, and then when we come back, I'm going to tell you what happened when we went to court today because it's a day mm, I'm not going to soon forget. It was really upsetting, but I'm going to give you a little insight into, you know, everyone always tells me, talk more about the law, talk more about being a lawyer. Well, right after this quick break, you're going to find out what it's like to be in the courtroom and life as a lawyer. Don't go anywhere. So as the killers sing, you got to help me out. The people who can help you out are the, the lawyers in Connors and Sullivan because they'll make sure... You're prepared for the future, your family's prepared for the future, and your estate is as secured and as protected as it possibly could be, and that things will go as smoothly as possible for your family when you're no longer here, or if in some degree you're incapacitated. So the lawyers at Connors & Sullivan 
We'll help you put together a will, a power of attorney, a health care proxy, a living will. They'll go over your overall estate plan. Their goal is always to protect your rights and your interests. And look, you know they know how to do it because they've been doing it for 40 years. Yes, 40 years. And they're allowing you to visit them for no obligation, free consultation. Call Connors and Sullivan today to schedule a free in-person initial consultation with an attorney at any of their convenient locations in Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. Their phone number is 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Or visit their website at connorsandsullivan.com. And remember, the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, Mitsubishi Motors sees the automotive industry differently. Mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way Mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles. Just look at the all-new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander, now in stock in all trim levels and all with a flexibility of third-row seating. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. Freehold Mitsubishi. Mitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. Conspiracies and boring and all that tied into today. There was nothing boring about today, and and there was some conspiracy situations going on today. And I'm sorry, it's a Friday night and it's 6:20, and everyone should be getting fired up for a uh, a, a summer weekend. But um, you know, I always said when I took over this slot, uh, you know, I was going to be honest and genuine, and if I couldn't, I would just keep my mouth shut. But I think it would be disingenuous to not address the story that's all over the newspaper right now, that's all over the the TV and the radio right now, which is my case. Um, The case of the duck sauce. It's so stupid um, that this is what it is being called. And it's two tragedies. Two two people are gone who shouldn't be gone. So I get to court today. And um, it's supposed to be a very routine uh, court appearance. And what happens is... um, well, I spoke to my client a couple of times earlier this week at length. I spoke to the prosecutor at length, who was very professional um, and courteous. Um, and 
basically my client was very concerned about him getting remanded. When the judge said bail in this case at $500,000 with an ankle bracelet, there was a lot of media um, blow up that why is someone who's accused of committing murder uh, getting getting any bail whatsoever? And the $500,000 bail, his brother and I think other people in his family had were the ones who posted the bail. And um, so it's not like Glenn was sitting on some pot of cash. Uh, and the ankle bracelet was, you know, was going to really secure his whereabouts at all times. But he was concerned that um, the judge today, because he had gotten so much flack in the media about giving him bail, that the judge was going to find some reason to change the bail and change the bail to remand where he would just go in to prison and remain there until the case was litigated. Now, one of the reasons why the judge gave him bail originally was he looked, the judge looked at some videotape that the prosecutors had pieced together that said Glenn Hirsch was the, the, the person who killed the deceased. And after the judge looked at that, he set bail on a murder case. That's not typical. So obviously what the judge saw wasn't so smoke and gun and like, oh, yeah, this is definitely him that made the judge uh, put him in a position where I got to sit bail. I, I can't sit bail. This has got to be remand. Obviously, the judge uh, had some doubts in his mind and, and wanted to give the defendant, Glenn Hirsch, an opportunity to fight this case. And it's always easier to fight the case outside the courtroom. I'm sorry, outside the jailhouse than from inside the jailhouse. So the bail was set and he was very, very... Um, very, very concerned uh, about, Glenn was, about being put in to um, prison today. But I spoke to him, and I, after I spoke to the prosecutor, I said, there's no indication of that. There's no indication of that. Um, and so the case was on this morning, and, and being 100% candid, I called my client twice yesterday, and he didn't answer. Now, I knew he was in touch with Michael Horn as well. As also, I, I, we usually speak to the client the day before the court just to verify the time, the place, the location. So I called him twice and he didn't answer. But I was under the assumption he probably spoke to Michael Horn. And here's the part that, that I'm upset about, really like upset about, is last night, as you know, anyone who listened to the show yesterday, yesterday was Marianne, my lovely, unbelievably supportive, fantastic wife. It was her birthday. Now, I just came back from a trip. Oh, it was 10 days without Marianne and our children. And she and, and went outside the law firm. She did everything. She was spectacular in, in taking care of everything and supportive of my little break from reality. So now we're at the birthday dinner, and it's her parents and my parents and her sister and her niece and nephew and our children. And it was 7.50, so it's almost 10 to 8.00. And we're just about to have dessert. And I look down at my phone and Glenn Hirsch is calling me. And you have to make that decision. Well, do I answer it or don't I answer it? And the truth is, I said, look, I'm not going to answer it now. I know he's a night owl. He's already told that with to me. I said, when I come home, I'll just call him. Um, and I, um, so I didn't take his call. And then when I got home, you know, Arthur, a little five-year-old Arthur, was all excited, and he wanted to watch a little TV like cartoon before we went to sleep, and it's Mommy's birthday, and we're all in the family bed, and quite frankly, I fell asleep. And I woke up around 11.30, quarter to 12, 
And even though I got up, I'm like, well, I'm not going to call him now. I'm sure he spoke to Michael Horney. He knows he's got to go to court tomorrow. He's, you know, he's a smart guy. He's not, it's not like he doesn't know what's going on. And so um, that was it. I got up. I got dressed. I, you know, I knew the case was on. I knew there was going to be media there. Um, I knew Glenn wanted me. This is the first time I'm going to be representing him. So I want to come in and I want to be strong. I want to give him the confidence that we're there to fight for him. And I brought Lino, our associate with us and Michael Horn. So he's got a nice team behind him because the prosecutors always walk in as a team. And when we get there, uh, Michael Horn said, you know, did you read the email? And Michael and I had gotten an email from, um, from Glenn and, uh, it was a long email it was very well written. I shared it with my partners, the judges in my office. It was very well written. They complimented his writing. And he basically, the, the gist of it was, I didn't kill anyone. I've always said I didn't kill anyone. I never killed anyone. I never would kill anyone. But I don't think I'm going to get a fair shake. And um, I, I don't think that, uh, and I, I don't want to spend the rest of my life in jail and so I'm taking matters into my own hands. I mean, I'm paraphrasing that whole thing because it was a very long email. Um, and uh, I look, over the course of doing this 30 years as a prosecutor and as a defense attorney, people always throw things around like, oh, maybe I should just kill myself. Or maybe I'm better off killing myself. It, no one's ever done that, right? I've, I've represented thousands and thousands of clients now. Thousands of I'm probably uh, 25 years in private practice. I'm getting close probably to 10,000 clients. No one's even come close, right? Um, so we're like, well, I can't believe he's not here. Now I start calling him. I'm calling him. I'm texting him. I'm texting him. And... Uh, the judge's law secretary, the judge's clerk comes out and you, have you heard anything? No, we haven't. The prosecutor's on her way over. She hasn't heard it. I, she, I, we tell her he's not here. So he's got this ankle bracelet on. So the judge calls this, this sheriff's office and says, where is the ankle bracelet say he is? And they said, oh, we say he's home. The judge says, please go there. This is outside of our presence. Now the, the judge's uh, clerk comes out and says, the judge would like everyone to go to his chambers. So we go up to the judge's chambers. Uh, this is the first time I, I've been in social events with the judge, but I didn't know him well. I've never appeared before him. He was very nice. We had a little chit-chat. I have no problem telling you I never thought uh, the worst. I thought maybe there was like an attempt with some pills or someone eats a whole bottle of Advil and thinks that that's going to kill them. It's just going to give them a bad stomach ache, I think. So we're in there, and now we know that the sheriffs are on their way to Glenn Hirsch's home. And uh, he... Um, we're just kind of waiting in there. It's myself, Lino, Michael Horn, the, pro the, the lawyer, and then the prosec two prosecutors and I believe an investigator from their office and the judge. And then the judge's secretary is right out in the ante room. And all of a sudden, the judge's law secretary says, um, you know, the sheriff's on the phone. And the judge puts it on speakerphone and we hear, uh, judge, yes, we're at Mr. Hirsch's home. Mr. Hirsch is deceased uh, with a gunshot wound. And... Um, my reaction was pretty uh, intense. Uh, it wasn't well thought out. I let out a whole bunch of curse words in a in a row. I ripped off my suit jacket. I was really upset. Uh, I just kept thinking of uh, his my phone ringing last night and him being on the other line. And like you know, you just, like your brain is like, what if? Like, what if I answered? What if I? What if I? You know, he said I'm going to kill myself, and I talked my way through it, and I talked him through it, and you know, could I have saved him? And, and it was, I was very, very upset. I wasn't crying or anything. I was 
angry. I was remorseful like that. I didn't grab that call. And, and everyone in that room was, was nice. Couldn't have been nicer, to be honest with you. The prosecutors, the judge was wonderful. Um, and, you know, he's gone. He's dead. He killed himself. It's the first time that's ever happened to me. I've had a kind of a sad day all day. Is I, you know, his family is asking me for help and trying to retrieve his body from the medical examiner's office. His wife, his brother. I mean, he's got a real family. This is a real person. This isn't some guy you just see on you know the the headlines. He's a real person who, from his dying last breath, you know, proclaimed his innocence. Um, Obviously, the deceased who got shot on the moped and the delivery man, it's, that's a tragedy for him and his family. And now this is a second tragedy. And, you know, you read about this, uh, you know, well, yeah, another one, and you flip the page in the newspaper. But when it's you and it's your client, and I liked Glenn, um, was he a little eccentric? Yeah. But was he smart? Did he have a good sense of humor? Did he and I have a good rapport? We did. Um, and this has never happened to me any before. I've never lost someone like this before. So... You guys wanted to hear tales from inside the courtroom. So now this is a real tale from inside a real courtroom. You know, I'm looking online and there's a picture of them taking Glenn's body out of his apartment in a body bag. And, um, you know, it, it makes me really sad. So um, may he rest in peace. May the, the delivery man rest in peace. Um, this case now is officially over. It will go back to court where they'll submit the medical examiner's report and it'll be the case will be dismissed. So he will die without any kind of a conviction on his record. Um, and you take a deep breath. I guess you stand up, you dust yourself off and you move on to whatever the next case is. But, um, you know, I care. I care a lot. And it it um, it showed today. And um that's it. I'm, I'm actually happy I got to share this with you. Again, I apologize that my energy level is down a little bit, but I'm um, stinging a little bit. All right, we'll be right back. Well, I will tell you one thing that your money will, will get you nothing. Your money is going to get you so much if you paint your house with Rhino Shield. That's right. Rhino Shield. Our friend Susan, who is the boss of all bosses over at Rhino Shield here in this neck of the woods, she's the one who will make your house look beautiful. Not today, not just today or tomorrow or this month or this year, but for 25 years. Because after Rhino Shield paint, uh, sprays on this ceramic coating that is 10 times thicker than paint, she's going to hand you a piece of paper that guarantees that paint job for 25 years and that warranty is transferable so if you're thinking about selling your house you can give it to the next people um, who are going to buy your house and if there's any kind of peeling or chipping or cracking or mold or mildew rhino shield will come back and fix it they painted my house i love it i absolutely love it um rhino shield also lowers your energy costs so besides making your house look beautiful it's going to hold the hot air in in the wintertime and the cool air in during the summertime. And right now, Susan is offering no payments, no interest financing for one year. That, along with the strongest discount yet, 20% off for anyone 
who requests a free quote by August the 31st. So call today, call this weekend when you're walking around the house and say, you know what, let's set something up for September. You're going to lock in a 20% discount. Call 877-744-6608, 877-744-6608, or go to rhinoshieldofnewyork.com. And when you reach Susan, just say, Arthur sent you. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Coming up tonight at 7 o'clock, it is the Fun Friday edition of Radio Night Live. And that means Christine Nicholas will be around to uh, visit with us. But also, so will Sean Hennessy, Interim Director of the New York State Fair. And Staff Sergeant Travis Mills returns to the microphone. Join us tonight at 7. Have you ever had a legal question about elder law or state law? Every Wednesday night during Kevin McCullough's show, you'll hear from Mike Connors himself of Connors & Sullivan, Attorneys at Law, answering real listener questions. Simply email that question to askmikeconnors at gmail.com or call Mike's office at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. And don't forget to tune in to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. on AM 970, The Answer, and Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. on AM 570 the mission a journey to israel this november will impact you forever join sebastian gorka dinesh d'souza and our trusted travel partner inspiration cruises and tours for 10 life-changing days register today at standwithisraeltour.com listen to us online at am 970 theanswercom tune in iheart alexa or odyssey.com the Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-278. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. All right, on Friday evening here, it's uh, 6.33. You know, I, I, I appreciate you taking that little ride with me. Um, and, you know, even the, the district attorney herself, Melinda Katz, issued a statement saying that, um, you know, the loss of any life in this way is tragic. So, you know, I'm sure there's some of you out there saying, oh, he got what he deserved and, you know, you know, he should have, that should happen to him anyway. And, and I know the deceased family is upset that he took the easy way out and they wanted him to rot in jail forever. And to be honest with you, they're a little more correct. Like the, the way the system is supposed to work is the, uh, the evidence is presented. It's presented first to a judge to make sure that it was obtained the right way, to make sure search warrants were obtained the right way, to make sure any statements or ID procedures were, were obtained the right way, meaning by the law. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot of ways, uh, to obtain a, a confession that's, that are illegal. There's a lot of ways to do identification procedures that are illegal. We have, um, through the years, adapted the law and adapted the way things are done to try to fix that. For example, uh, identification procedures, right? So the fear was when you do an ID, when you do a lineup. So there's the, the suspect and the suspect gets into a lineup. And where do the people, where do the fillers? So there's six people in a lineup. Where do the fillers come from? Everywhere, anywhere that they could find someone who looks like the suspect. 
So hypothetically, if the suspect is a little bit of an overweight Caucasian who's bald, um, the the case detective will go out and look for uh, a balding or bald Caucasian who's a little overweight, and they'll look everywhere. They'll look right in the precinct to see if there's a police officer or a uh, a police administrative assistant who fits the who kind of looks similar, and they'll ask them to go in the lineup, and then they'll go out on the street. Often they go to homeless shelters and they'll give the guys twenty to forty dollars to come in and sit in the lineup. They all wear like white t-shirts or they all dress similarly, and they'll hold a number in front of them. The fear used to be that the detective who's running the lineup, who knows that number three is the suspect in some way, intentionally or unintentionally, will tip off the person who's actually looking at the lineup and, uh, you know, that it's, oh, take your shorts now. Well, I'm not sure. Well, take a good look at number three. You may, you may want to know it's number three. So what they've tried to do now is what's called a blind, a double blind lineup where they go get a detective from elsewhere who's not working on this case who may be in another unit. And uh, after the lineup, after everyone is seated, they don't tell the detective which one is the suspect. Now, of course, if he recognizes one of the police officers who's sitting in the lineup as a courtesy, he's going to know it's not that one. But there may be four other or five other people who he doesn't recognize so that it's impossible for that detective to tell the person who's viewing the lineup, you know, which one he should be looking, he or she should be looking at. So that's one way we have worked on fixing lineups to make sure that Whatever evidence goes before a jury ultimately uh, is appropriate, is is as good as it can be, as is reliable. That's the best word, is as reliable as it can be. <clears throat> the very first case that I had of any seriousness as a defense attorney, I walk into the precinct. It, uh, an in, uh, a young man, Ramon Cable, was accused of of shooting, not killing. No one died, thank God. Seven people. And my client, Ramon Cable, is telling me, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I wasn't even there. I wasn't even there. I said, well, they have a, a signed confession from you. You signed a confession saying you did it and how you did it and where you did it. He goes, the guy put a gun in my mouth. He put it to, he said, he put a gun in my mouth. They put it on, first he put it on my leg, then he put it on my ribs, then he put it in my mouth. And he told me what to write and I wrote the whole thing down. Now, I had just left the DA's office. I didn't believe this guy for a second. My own client. I'm like, yeah, okay. This cop put a gun to you. Sure enough, I, I, there was another detective who I knew from my days as a prosecutor who said, something's not right with this guy's confession. He, he's putting in facts here that are just absolutely wrong. And sure enough, we I, my investigation, and I, I'm just using the word my because there was no our. I was all by myself. I didn't have a secretary. I didn't have anything. It was me, myself, and I, all three of us. Um, I found a videotape of my client in Queens at the same time or within minutes of when he's supposed to be in Brooklyn shooting everything up. And in fact, it was a, a coerced confession. This guy would have definitely gone to jail had I not found that videotape in Blockbuster Video. The DA's office, it was in Blockbuster Video, and then there was one in his own uh, housing authorities elevator. The DA's office, when I turned it over, initially they released him on bail, but they kept the case going until they sent those tapes to Quantico, to the FBI headquarters, to make sure they weren't doctored in any way, shape, or form. I wouldn't even dream of doing that, let alone having the technology to do that. And once the tapes were clean, uh, my client was was let go, and it was just, the, the case was dismissed. Um, so 
there's one example of how lineups can be tainted. Is another example of how um, uh, identifications. I mean. I mean IDs are lineups, how uh, confessions can be tainted. And the third one is how evidence is obtained. Search and seizure. Judge Barry Cummins, my partner, he writes the book. When can police enter your home? When can they search your car? When can they search the trunk of your car? When can they search your, your body? It's all that whole stop and frisk stuff as well. So as a system, we all need to fight crime. I mean, the statistics that came out today, crime is still going up. I, I, you know, you guys know I'm always here trying to have uh, Mayor Adams back and the NYPD's back, but crime is still going up. Even though they're taking more guns off the street, they took more guns off the street in 2022 than they did in 2021, but violent crime is going up. Um, But we want them to take the crime, we want them to take the guns off the street, we want them to do the right, we want them to get IDs done, we want them to get confessions done. But it's got to be done the right way. And those of you who are listening, like, I don't care, I don't care. It, as long as they get it done, as long as they get it done. Everyone says that until it's them, until it's their kid, until it's their brother, until it's their son. And they're like, how could they do this? How could the police just come and do this? How could this happen? Don't they need more evidence? They're just saying my son did it because someone else said that they did it. Well, yeah, that's how the system works. But we always need to be as much as I don't want one person in the city of New York you guys, you know, you hear my intro, making the case for the city I love. Y'all know how much I love this city. I'm not going anywhere. I don't, I want to walk, I want to keep my car door unlocked, my house unlocked. I want Marianne to be able to walk around with Ariana with a clear head that no crime is going to take place. I mean, there's, that's, that's elementary, but we need to fight crime as hard as we possibly can. We just need to do it in the American way, the American way. And what is the American way? Doing things the right way. And, you know, the right way isn't for a guy to, to shoot himself in the head the way Glenn Hirsch did. It Look, obviously, and I said this about my friend, Jim Koenig, a storied criminal defense attorney, mostly situated in Brooklyn, when he took his own life. Mental illness is real. Depression is real. It needs to be addressed. Michael Horn made a statement to the New York Post saying that he, because he had a longer relationship with Glenn than I did, um, that he he recommended that he get, you know, mental mental help. Um, that never happened, but it's real and it, it should be addressed. And, and I'd be lying if I didn't tell you when I heard the news that he took his own life and he shot himself the same way Jim Koenig did. That, that, that it's like that post-traumatic stress, that same, those same feelings come bubbling up again. And you're like, and you just feel, or at least I do like, why didn't I stop? I felt the same way about Jim Coding and Jim wasn't like my best friend. I mean, I've known him for a long time. I mean, we were in courtrooms together at social events together, but you feel like this shouldn't happen. And I should have had the power to stop it with Glenn. I even feel it more so like, obviously he didn't have the faith in me. He didn't have the, 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 the faith in my abilities. Or, I guess you could look at it the other way around. He knew what he did. He knew that the prosecutor was going to come up with the evidence that he did, and he didn't want to spend his life in jail. Someone today, I, I got a lot of people calling me and consoling me and whatever. And I was like, look, look at Jeffrey Epstein. He must have knew what he did, known what he did. He had spent time in jail. Glenn had spent some time in jail until he, he got bailed out. 
He knew how horrible it was, like Epstein knew how horrible it was. And if that was their fate, if their fate was sealed, you know what? They just didn't want to live that life. So oh, it was a little bit of a rough day. I guess this is a little bit of therapy for me here at 643, sitting all alone in my office. I got a candle lit. I guess that's my uh, uh, my my buddy. Of course, I got Sambolino on the other line. Maybe I'll get a little goldfish or something, or a better fish. So at least when I'm sitting here alone, what do you think? You think I'll talk to the fish, Matt? What do yeah, you think? whatever helps at this point, man. Yeah, then then we'll see who needs the mental hygiene. I'll throw dollars talking to fish. I'll call the fish Figaro. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Mitsubishi dreamers, designers, and engineers are redefining choices in mobility for a whole new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want value, like the new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander featuring its industry-leading Mitsubishi 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today, freeholdmitsubishi.com, or call 732-863-27. Hi, this is Judge Kamins, a partner at Idala Bertuna and Kamins, and where Arthur Idala of the Arthur Idala Power Hour works at his 24-7 day job. In 2014, I retired from the bench to join ABK, which is a full-service preeminent boutique firm that has been helping New Yorkers when legal problems arise. ABK is uniquely qualified to assist New Yorkers who have a wide range of legal problems, from personal injury claims and civil litigation to criminal defense and trusts and estates. I personally work on appellate matters, attorney disciplinary matters, and complex legal issues with a dedicated group of attorneys who provide a team approach to each case. There is no legal problem too big or small for this talented and hardworking legal team. So when you think of the Idala Power Hour, also keep in mind ABK, the power legal firm. Staples has everything for school at great prices. So this year, you won't go back to school. You'll be ready to move forward and build that papier-mâché volcano. I am not cleaning this up. Ooh, yeah, I meant the kids. Staples will help them move forward. Right now, Crayola 24-count crayons and 4-ounce Elmer's glue are just 50 cents each, and 1-inch binders are only $1.99. Everything on your list at amazing prices. Staples, we're not going back. We're going forward to school. Ends 27 in-store, only limit 30. Now you can travel to Israel. Spend 10 extraordinary days in the Holy Land this November. Collect remarkable memories on a trip that will change you forever. Sebastian Gorka and Dinesh D'Souza lead our tour of Israel with our trusted travel partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. Join them and enjoy picturesque and unforgettable places you'll treasure for a lifetime. Reserve your spot today at StandWithIsraelTour.com. Want to listen to AM 970 The Answer on the go? There's an app for that. Download our free smartphone app so you can listen to all your favorite shows, keep up with us on social media, enter contests, win prizes, and even interact with our hosts all in one place. Just search AM 970 The Answer in the iPhone App Store or the Google Play Store for the Android. Again, search AM 970 The Answer and download our smartphone app today. That way, you can take us wherever you go. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. Yeah! (laughs) 
are my boys. Those are my beastie boys. January, February, March, April, 1987. My second semester, sophomore year at SUNY Purchase. Wow, did I have fun. Me, Noah Broadbaugh, Cords George, Sergeant Cords George, USMC. Glenn would come up and hang out, and uh, the Beastie Boys were uh, were really, really, really a, a huge part of my youth, even though I'm 54 and I feel like a kid. So why are we playing the Beastie Boys? Um, today would have been Adam Yout. They're all Brooklyn boys. Adam Yout, a.k.a. MCA. It would have been his 58th birthday. But you want to talk about tragedy? He died at the age of 47. Um, I'm pretty sure it was from cancer. He died on May 4th, 2012, at the age of 47 years old. He would have been 58 years old today. Happy birthday, MCA. And the Beastie Boys said we will never play again. There was the three of us. And without him, then, then there is no Beastie Boys. Um, Lonnie Anderson, the gorgeous Lonnie Anderson, is 77 years old. Patrick Ewing, the New York Knicks, 60 years old today. And Neil Armstrong the astronaut and the first person to walk on the moon would have been 92 today. He died on August the 25th, 2012, at the age of 82. Um, so yesterday was Marianne's birthday, and uh, we celebrated with family. And I got to sit next to my dad, Louis R. Idala. And uh, today, on uh, I was blessed to be on the Piscopo show this morning. We had a blast. We, I was on for a long time, basically like the whole first half of the 7 o'clock hour, which Joe gets a huge audience in that hour. Um, Al Gattulo from the Al Gattulo Beercast uh, announced that it was International Beer Day. So I know Joni touched on this a little bit on Monday when I wasn't around, but I wanted to, to rehash it since... Uh, Padre Lou, uh, you know, put some effort into this. So the question is this. When is a beer not a beer? Well, one answer is when it's ginger beer. Why is it called beer? Simply because historically it was produced by the natural fermentation of prepared ginger spice, yeast, and sugar. In other words, it was brewed and it had some alcohol content. The ginger beers you'll find on the supermarket shelves today, and there's plenty of them, such as Gosling's or Fever Tree, they're non-alcoholic carbonated beverages. If you like ginger ale, like my mother does, anytime she comes out east, we've got to have a, a, a closet full of ginger ale, you'll probably enjoy even more a further intense ginger-flavored ginger beer. A cold one plain is particularly refreshing during a heat wave. And it's not, I don't think it'll be a heat wave, but it's going to be pretty warm this weekend. Now, if you want to go down the Padre Lou libation route here on a Friday in August, you're going to go with Padre's Ginger Delight. Now, you know, there's, there's all variations here of the Moscow Mule. So you start off with a metal mug. The metal mug is what you want to go to if you have it. And you want to keep it in the freezer so it's nice and chilled. Then take whatever berries or fruits or watermelon you may have on an August weekend, hot August weekend, and put them in the bottom of the mug and mash them up. I'm, I'm a big blueberry fan with the ginger beer. So you mash up the fruit at the bottom. You throw in your ice cubes. Now, Padre goes with two ounces of gin. It's big with the gin, Padre. The gin, half an ounce of lime juice, half an ounce of an orange-based liqueur like triple sec or Contro or Grand Marnier. You stir that all up, 
and then you terp, top it off with a nice thick floater of your favorite ginger beer for a refreshing, flavorful ginger delight. Now, if you're more of a Geraldo guy, and Geraldo's more of a rum guy, he goes with a highball glass, and you fill that with ice. You add two ounces of the dark rum, a little couple of the small dashes of the Angostura bitters, and then fill the rest of the glass up with the ginger beer. You stir that, you put in a little lime, and you are all set. These are all variations on the dark and stormy Moscow Mule, whatever you want to call it, but it's it's libations infused with some ginger beer, and uh, it's a nice drink to have on the um, on the weekend. I did plenty of drinking when I was away, but I don't know if it was because it was on my mind. Um, but when I was in Europe, uh, the last Padre Lou libation I did was the traditional gin and tonic, and I don't know. That's what I wound up drinking all through. I mean, also, maybe because it was hot. For some reason, that that really, uh, I don't know, quenches your thirst in the heat. And when I was, especially in Italy, in southern Italy, they had like three different types of tonic, depending on how bitter and how dry you wanted it. It was pretty, it was awesome. And, you know, they, they take a little extra. They're all mixologists, basically, in Italy. And I, and I think I mentioned this. The difference between Paris and Italy when it comes to the libations is... Paris was much more cafe, cafe, cafe. It was not that easy to do like the quick run-in and have a a little coffee or the quick run-in and just have a quick beverage. Then we're all about you like sitting down, like sit at the table, which I'm not against. I'm not saying I'm against, uh, but it was more of a a time-consuming kind of situation. Whereas in Italy, you know, I'm walking through Florence and I want to do some shopping or some sightseeing. You know, I just want a little pick-me-up. I mean, the, the, the coffee is just spectacular there um or or i go to my place the old stove in florence which is a a traditional irish pub in the middle of florence which i just love that whole cross-culture thing but you know you could do it relatively quickly there's no sitting you're just standing at a bar you're paying um but it was it was there was a lot of gin and tonics i did do a um you know it's interesting you ask them for a margarita and they're just basically taking good tequila, putting it over ice, squeezing it in some some fresh lime, and I don't know, maybe they'll put a little splash of something else in there, <clears throat> simple syrup or something, but it's not all that sugary stuff, that additives that we put in. And then I asked the guy once, what is that coconut-flavored liqueur? He goes, oh, I make a pina colada. All he does is he takes the rum, the coconut-flavored liqueur, and a splash of pineapple juice. I put two of those down when I was in Florence. Florence was really hot. Um, Danita is away right now. My assistant of 23 years, she's in Paris for celebrating her 60th birthday. I don't care if she cares that I told everyone how old she is. Um, Diana is in my other, my law partner. She's in Rhode Island. My sister just flew from Italy to, to Paris to spend a couple of days there. She's going to see Danita and come back home. It's a great time of the year. I mean, this time of the year and Christmas, it's kind of what you work for all year long when you think about it. Like, you know that song, Everybody's Working for the Weekend? Um, the weekends are so short, but everyone's kind of working for that one week or two weeks, if you're lucky, in the summertime where you kind of just disappear. And then that week between Christmas and New Year's where things get really quiet. Um, otherwise, I mean, I came back from the office today and I was bummed out. 
But, you know, you don't get a lot of time to be bummed out because I had a new client coming in and we signed up a new appeal and then I signed up a new sentencing on Friday. I mean, on Tuesday, this coming up, I have a very big sentencing in the Southern District of New York. I will talk to you about that afterwards. But I'm going to really try very hard to minimize this man's exposure because his whole case was based on him getting addicted to Oxycontin properly prescribed by a doctor. And then really that that addiction became a demon that made him do things that he would never do, but he just needed to feed that addiction. So, um, oh, and Tuesday, Monday we're going to have Lauren Fix on, but Tuesday, which we usually do, and my dad gave me all these articles to read about electric cars and the fact that they don't make any sounds and the danger of them, whereas my father-in-law talks about why the Harley-Davidson's are so loud that you do hear them. But Tuesday night, um, we're going to have Megan Kelly on. And for a bunch of time, and she was on already, um, but I want to talk to her a little bit more about her and, and what she's done, but just a little bit about her thoughts on um, what's going on in the world. I will end by saying Alex Jones, that moron who said Sandy Hook was a hoax, um, just got hit with $45.2 million in punitive damages over the Sandy Hook, over him saying it was just a hoax uh, to help the gun uh, the anti-gun lobby. My 12 years at Fox News, there was no worse story I, I covered than the Sandy Hook story. So I'm glad he got dinged. I hope you have a great weekend. Thank you for sharing my rough day with me today. It made me feel better. I'm going to stay here and work for a little while longer, and then I'm going to go find my family. Everyone, God bless. Have a beautiful, beautiful weekend, and hug your family. Ciao. The preceding program, sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.